Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The week one review episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. Let's face it, guys. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and that's why I go to MyBookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know that you could bet on games after kickoff? Pretty sure we all would have liked to do our, change our bets on Thursday at some point. Uh, for those of us who just didn't see the offense returning, God damn it! if by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you multiply your winnings, and no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR. Visit MyBookie.ag today. MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. And, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't bring a guest in because uh, I'm too pissed off uh, right now to have a civilized conversation uh, with anyone, let alone a Packer fan, uh, for Christ's sake. Uh, it's actually a good thing Evan Western wasn't able to join us. Uh, he did actually find a replacement, but after the game last night, I told him, like, you know what, it's probably a good idea I don't have you uh, on the show uh, because... We waited eight months for that shit, and I, I couldn't imagine being civil and respectful or anything like that. Um, regardless, uh, you know. And this guy was a, is a, we're actually going to have him back on the show. He uh, covers the the Chargers for Sports Illustrated and the Packers, uh, as or was a Packers fan, or is a Packers fan covers the Packers as well. But he actually covers the Chargers this year for Sports Illustrated. We're going to have him on uh, in October, but. Um, you know, I just I couldn't do it. I couldn't have somebody else on the show. I just I w it would have dominated my 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 anger, my venom would have dominated the conversation. I feel, and uh, I would have run him off. And I, that's that's not what I do. So uh, yeah, I might be an amateur, but I still act professionally. Um, you know, with that professional professionalism shit is going to go out the window today. Because uh, for those of you who noticed this this video, uh, this video, this episode. Has the explicit tag on it, and I'm going to use it because I don't see why not at this point. We waited eight months for that. Eight months almost to the day, and this is what we waited for. I mean, it was half good, which would be the defense, and then half, just, I don't even know what that was. I really don't. So uh, let's get into it because the sooner we start, the sooner we can finish. It's the week one review episode of the Bears Talk Underground, so let's get to it. Well, that shit happened, and uh, 
We watched it happen for 60 whole minutes on Thursday night. And now I am obligated <laughs> to come and talk about it when, you know, 48 hours ago, I couldn't wait to talk about it. I couldn't wait to talk about what was going to happen on Thursday night between the Bears and the Packers and, and how great it was going to be and, and all the rest of that. And then Thursday night happened and it could not have been any more difficult to watch. I mean, obviously the only thing that could have made it worse was for the defense to not perform the way that it did. And uh, the, the offense is just still stuck in, I don't know, 2017. With it being stuck in 2018, 2017, when Dole Loggins was calling the plays and we were inept and couldn't get first downs or move the chains or anything like that, that's what it looked like, except, except with Loggins constantly running the football, we had Nagy constantly passing uh, the ball for, for no inexplicable reason. We threw the ball, and Mitch threw 45 passes in a one-score game. And it, it was always a one-score game, whether we were up 3 to nothing, down 7-3, to three, down 10-3. to three, It was a one-score game, and we were throwing the football like we were down by 28. I don't understand what the fuck happened. I really don't get it. Uh, but anyway, what's going on, everybody? Larry D. back, the week one review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. We are 0-1, and I did the research. <clears throat> we are 0-1 for the sixth year in a row. We started out the decade as in the 2010s. Uh, with four straight victories in 2010, 2011, 2012. And our last opening day victory was against Cincinnati week one under Mark Trestman. So the first victory of the Mark Trestman era was the last opening day victory our beloved Chicago Bears have had in this decade. 2014 was Buffalo. 2015, John Fox, his first game at home against Green Bay. We lose that one. 2016 on the road to Texans. We lose. 2017, home for the Falcons. We lose. Week one last year, obviously on the road at Green Bay, the first one of Matt Nagy loss, and then that shit show on Thursday night was, uh, and it just the 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 offense and their performance completely overshadowed how amazing the defense was because when you hold Aaron Rodgers to and the Green Bay Packer offense, regardless of who his weapons are out there, and he's proven that year in and year out. You're just rotating guys in there. Maybe he needs one elite receiver, whether it's a Donald Driver or, you know, a Jones or uh, a Cobb, and now it's Devontae Adams with a scattering of other people. All he needs is targets, and there you go. And But holding Aaron Rodgers to 10 points, we sacked him five times. We only gave up 47 yards rushing. If I'd have told you that, like on the preview show, when Nick uh, Moriano and Lauren Cox and I were talking, if I'd have made the prediction where I said, you know what, guys, we're going to sack Aaron Rodgers five times. We're going to hold the Packers to 47 yards rushing, and they're only going to score 10 points. You would think we won by 50 to completely dominate Aaron Rodgers in the offense that way. You would think we walked out of there in a laugher of a victory. Instead, the laughing was all done while we were on the field on offense, and it's Oh, we lost 10 to three guys. We lost 10 to three. Uh, and this was much different than the, um, than if you remember back to 2010 week 17, when the bears and the Packers played to a 10 to three final score in Lambeau, it was a win in your in game for green Bay. They had to beat us. That was an outstanding 10 to three football game. That was a down to the wire edge of your seat. Fantastic football game. 
this game on Thursday night looked like the first game of the preseason for for the way that these teams performed offensively yesterday. I mean, granted, Aaron Rodgers did enough to get his team a victory, but he only scored 10 points or put his offense in a position to score 10 points. They did not look efficient, and obviously you can put that on our defense having a huge factor in that. The Packers are obviously going to be much better on defense this year. I don't think they were still stone-cold fantastic for us to perform the way that we did. A lot of what happened was on was on Nagy, was on Mitch, was on us, essentially. That, um, you know, it, it was kind of sad because that was as... The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Jacked as Soldier Field crowd as I think I have ever seen in all my years watching Bears games. I don't think I've seen a crowd that excited, and they were pretty much checked out from, like, the middle of the second quarter on. Just because the offense wasn't inspiring anything but booze. That's all that they were inspiring throughout the evening. There was very little to get excited about because anytime we took a step forward, we took two steps back because there was a penalty that nixed it out. It was so, so frustrating to watch. Top to bottom on the offense. Aside from Allen Robinson, there is nothing. Po- well, I take that back. Allen Robinson and David Montgomery, who we did not see enough of on Thursday night. Nothing positive to, to report on the offensive side. The offensive line was struggling, you know, the holding penalties and, and things like that. The, the, the play calling was terrible. Nat Nagy admitted as much in the press conference Thursday after the game and then Friday, um, Friday afternoon today um, when he met with the, the press after he had a chance to watch the tape and report and like, yeah, it was as bad as I thought it was and, uh, and things like that. It was just terrible. It was terrible. So, I mean, and, and the Bears couldn't catch a break. We had none of the, the luck that we were getting uh, last year with the, with the calls and, and things like that. It just anytime we thought we were making progress, apparently we broke the rules in order to make that progress, and we, we had to, uh, to give it back. So very, very, very frustrating uh, game to watch. I have knee-jerk reactions for you you will notice a change in tone as we go throughout the game it was incredibly incredibly difficult uh to watch so um what do you say we go ahead and dive in first quarter knee-jerk reaction the defense looks good the offense actually came out looking better than Rodgers and company did because our defense was smashing them uh into the ground so it was hard not to look better than Green Bay uh offensively in the first quarter um, and we had a field goal. Eddie Pinero, he, he's got one job, and he did it, and the Bears had a lead after the first quarter. 
Knee-jerk reaction to the first quarter of the Bears and the Packers. This is the first one of 2019. You know how long I've been waiting to do this knee-jerk reaction? It's almost insane how long I've been waiting. But here we are. The date's been circled on the calendar since April when it was announced just ahead of the schedule. And the Bears and the Packers are one quarter down, three quarters to go. And right now... I guess you could call it a defensive struggle, or more accurately, you could call it the defense being better than the offense on both sides so far. On the Bears' side, significantly better than what the Packers are putting uh, out there on offense uh, right now. Their first three drives, negative 12 yards to show for what they've put out there. The Bears have sacked Aaron Rodgers twice already, and they've, they've suffocated the run. They've just smashed him up uh, so far. The Bears Bears on offense, the other hand, a little better than the Packers on offense so far. Strung a couple of first downs together. Were able to take care, uh, take advantage of the field position that the defense was giving them. Eddie Pinero uh, <laughs> has been christened the savior of football by nailing a 38-yard field goal with about five minutes or so to go in the second quarter. The Bears up 3 nothing right now. So, so far after one, the offense is sluggish. The defenses look ready to go. So hopefully we'll see that maybe even out a little bit as we go along, especially on our side. We have the football now. Uh, we'll see how it goes. And uh, we got a 3 nothing lead, so it can't start much better than that. This is pretty much where all the fun and cheery Larry D moments kind of end because this, the second quarter, not only do we consistently underperform on offense, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers were able to put one drive together and sadly scored all the points they'd need to win the football game the first drive of the second quarter I believe is when they they had their big play uh in there and uh you'll hear me talk about in the second quarter knee-jerk reaction Pagano was kind of I don't know if this was something that Fangio did I don't think I ever really noticed it or, or, or anything like that but he just was doing some some weird rotation I don't know if he was trying to keep everybody fresh or whatever the situation was but there was a drive in the second quarter where uh, um Akeem Hicks was absent from the field he and Eddie Goldman both off the field until like a third down situation Akeem Hicks comes in boom we sack the quarterback he contributed to that obviously and then on this drive where the Green Bay Packers were able they got a huge like a like a 47 yard uh, pass play straight down the middle of the of the field Haha, ha, Clinton Dix wasn't out there. It was Deion Bush that was um, in his place. And, and I, I, I read earlier today that uh, Rodgers, when, when they asked him about that play, they asked him what he was looking for, and he said the safety that wasn't there. Obviously talking about Deion Bush either not being where he was supposed to be or not breaking on the ball uh, when he should have. Uh, nonetheless, um, I think it was Scantling uh, was the receiver for Green Bay, had a step on Prince and Mukamura and was able to make the catch in enough time. He Like the ball got there just before Mukamura did. He makes the catch. He goes down a play or two later. And they, he hangs one up for Jimmy Graham, who was able to beat Deion Bush again to the football for the touchdown that would end up being all the points they would need uh, to win the stinking game. Uh, it was just one of those things where, you know, Later on, and you know, spoiler alert: Adrian Amos makes the interception that wins the game uh, for the Packers. Essentially, even though the Bears had another shot on offense uh, for it, but um, you know, he said that he recognized the play pre-snap 
because of all his time, you know, practicing and playing against Mitch in practice uh, and such, especially last year. He knew what play was coming before the ball was snapped, so he knew where to be. One has to wonder if maybe Clinton Dix would have the same thing uh, to do or maybe just just um, obviously the offense is different, but maybe it would have been a tendency that he would have seen like, you know, Rodgers is, is dropped back and he's waiting. Maybe I need to, you know, I don't know. Maybe he breaks on the ball sooner. Maybe he's already deep enough to affect the play or Rodgers doesn't throw it there because haha's back there. Whatever the case may be, we'll never know because the less experienced guy was on the field and Rodgers took advantage uh, of that. And and of all the, the things that Pagano did right, that was the one thing that I disagreed with. And it seemed like it affected the defense as a whole. Like when we had, you know, uh, Nick Williams, uh, you know, out there instead of Eddie Goldman, it just didn't seem to go as well as it should have. So it's uh, – we finally got Akeem Hicks back out there. And, and and honestly, I didn't really notice in the second half because I was too concerned with the defense just getting the ball back. I don't care who it was. Get the ball back. Put it back on our offense hands so they get a chance to uh, to do something uh, with the ball because we got to do better. Uh, you know, Eventually, it's got to break through, right? We can't be this shitty the entire game, right? <sighs> Turns out I was I was right. We, we can, actually. But... Uh, as we hear the second quarter knee-jerk reaction, not as cheery and as excited as I was after the uh, first quarter. Excited to be doing knee-jerk reactions again. Excited that the defense was smothering Aaron Rodgers and they had negative yardage after uh, the first quarter and three offensive drives. But uh, in the second quarter, Mitch looks even more confused and, and uh, almost unprepared. It was, it was just weird uh, how they looked out there. It didn't look like that at all last year when they were still learning the goddamn offense last year they didn't look like this and uh it was just pathetic it really was sad so here's a second quarter knee-jerk reaction obviously not as cheery as it was after one <laughs> knee-jerk reaction to the second quarter of the bears and the packers and it is ugly out there uh aaron Rodgers and the packer offense have figured out how to move the ball a little bit better well a lot better compared to the first quarter where they did nothing negative 12 yards in the first quarter very first possession of the second quarter Rodgers heads they moved 74 yards in four plays in a minute and a half score a touchdown on uh with a jimmy graham catch in the end zone from about 10 15 yards out something like that something i'm seeing from the defense that I'm, I'm i'm not a fan of so far maybe i just didn't notice it last year maybe fangio did the same thing i feel like pagano's rotating guys a lot more than vic did last year like there was a series in there where it's like where is the keem hicks and eddie goldman they were like not on the field for almost an entire series keem hicks finally comes back on third down boom they sack aaron Rodgers and end the end the drive kind of thing i just feel like keep your best players on the field not necessarily your freshest players you know I, i'm not really a fan of what pagano's doing so far with the rotations and such and speaking of which that drive that resulted in a touchdown Deion Bush was out there instead of haha Clinton Dix and it seemed like the Packers were taking advantage of that so 
stick that in the back of your mind. Maybe that will come up later. But on offense, Mitch has been terrible. He's been lucky to have a few interceptions dropped early uh, so far uh, in the ball game. He can't seem to get anything going. Uh, the Packers defense has been outstanding, uh, especially in the second quarter, where it was that we were maybe having a bit more success on offense against their defense in the first quarter. It seems like they tightened up in the second quarter. The Bears did even less than they did uh, in the first quarter. So it's not looking good right now. Not really a big fan. We really need something big. We do start with the ball because we kicked off to Green Bay to get things going. So we start with the football. We got to get a rhythm going, move the chains, put some points on the board, get back into this thing, get the crowd back into it. The Bears are down 7-3 at halftime, and we'll see how it goes from here. So you're already hearing me mention how we need the crowd to get back into it because it's the crowd had been checked out. I don't mean they gave up on the game or anything. I mean that they weren't as into the game especially when we were on offense you could hear a pin drop out there there was very little uh to get excited about with the way that we played uh in the second quarter offensively defensively you know we, we gave up the big play uh to set up uh, you know Aaron Rodgers and, and uh, Jimmy Graham hooking up for that touchdown you heard me mention that it seemed like they were taking advantage of the fact that Deion Bush was out there instead of haha Clinton Dix you heard me mention Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman were basically void for an entire series for some reason, we put them back out there, and, and there we see pressure and uh, things like that. So, again, I didn't monitor that as closely in the second half just because I was obsessed with our offense getting the ball back. I didn't care what the defense was doing. Just stop them so we can get the ball back. And the, the our defense was especially efficient at that. The only thing that this defense on Thursday night uh, did not do that we did time and time again in 2018 was generate a turnover that's the only thing our defense was missing and it just kind of became obvious after a certain point uh last night that that's what we that we we needed eddie jackson we needed a pick six that's the only way we're scoring a touchdown tonight apparently because our offense isn't going to fucking do it so we have to do it defense has to go out there and do what they did so many times you know eddie jackson with three defensive touchdowns last year well we need one more from you now buddy because apparently mitch and Nagy and company aren't going to put those points uh on the board for you so the third quarter the offensive ineptitude continued uh, Green Bay was asserting itself defensively just because our offense couldn't get anything done. And it just it, basically this was like the worst case scenario of the, the Carolina game back in 2017 when our defense seemed like they were out there forever. They were doing whatever they could to get the offense, the football back. And our offense did absolutely nothing to to pay them for their efforts. Uh, basically, our defensive effort on Thursday night was wasted because we performed too goddamn well to lose that game. You heard me talk about it at the top of the show. You'll actually hear me really get pissed off at the end uh, in the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction about, you know, I don't think I knew the rushing totals at that point, but we only gave up 10 points and we sacked Aaron Rodgers five times. If I'd have told you that, you, you, you have to win that game every single time. You have to win. You can't give up 10 points and lose a game. You can't do that. You can't. That's not – you can't do that unbelievable so it just that's how frustrated i was i mean here i am this 24 hours ago plus and i'm still pissed off uh, about this i cannot believe that's what happened that all this time waiting to see what the offense would look at look like year two you know the, we, we're not learning the offense anymore we're running the offense like chase daniel 
said, Mitch isn't learning the offense anymore. He's running it. He didn't run shit on Thursday night. Not a fucking thing. He didn't run anything. He ran my fucking blood pressure up is what he did. That's what he did on Thursday. So here's the third quarter knee-jerk reaction. I think you'll hear a little bit more sternness, a little more frustration uh, in my voice. Nobody scored. It was still 7-3. to three, So, I mean, this game was nowhere near out of our grasp. But, you know, you would think that four-point lead was 40 points with the way that we kept throwing the football. And I hadn't realized at that point Nagy stopped running the football. I, I don't know if I mentioned it or not. We'll give it a listen here uh, and whatever. But I heard, like, the last 25 minutes, which would be five minutes into the third quarter until the end of the fourth quarter, we didn't run a football. We didn't run the football at all. And, and Nagy tried to defend himself on, on uh, Friday earlier today saying that, well, they're RPOs, and obviously they went with the P instead of the R. Maybe that's on Mitch and something they need to work on. But, you know, <laughs> nonetheless, uh, it was bad in the third quarter. And that, that, that's where you kind of started to feel that sense of dread. Like, we, we might not win this thing. Knee-jerk reaction to the third quarter, the Bears and the Packers and – no one scored anything this time around. Uh, it's still 7-3, Green Bay on top. Uh, our defense is playing lights out, man. They've, they've got five sacks on Rodgers. Uh, aside from that one drive, you know, the, 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 the offense for the Packers is, is loosening the strings up a little bit. But overall, the Bears' defense has been stifling. Like I said, they've sacked Rodgers five times. They're shutting down the run game offense I don't know what the hell we're doing on offense besides wasting the effort the defense is giving us we just had our best drive of the game a few moments ago and you know had some nice throws to Allen Robinson a nice throw down the seam to David Montgomery got us in field goal range we've had like three delay of game penalties in this game so far and two on that drive alone including having one on third and five that pushed it to third and ten an incomplete pass makes it fourth and ten and rather than go for a 51 yard field goal with Panero Nagy elects to go for it on fourth down the Packers defense which has been awesome most of the night tonight uh, basically shuts it down collapses the box on uh, the, the the pocket on Mitch who tries to scramble out of it and somebody gets a shoelace tackle and trips him up. He only gets about three three yards on fourth and ten. I, I just, I don't understand what we're thinking about there. You know, we, we actually have a kicker. We're employing one, so why not give him a shot there rather than go for it on fourth and ten. And here's the thing. It still gave Green Bay pretty decent field position after the field goal or what after going for it on fourth down. I don't really see the point of, of doing that. I mean, they, the Packers end up with good field position either way. I mean, maybe that's the rationale for it. I don't know. But nonetheless, we're still down 7-3. to three. Um, the Packers are going to punt the ball to start the fourth quarter. Uh, the Bears just shut them down on third and 17. So we're going to start with the football here to kick off the, uh, the fourth quarter after the punt. And then hopefully Mitch can bring together some of his second-half magic that he had last year. He's been terrible so far tonight. And hopefully Nagy will figure it out so we can move the football and, and put some points on the board because 10 points just might be enough to win it. Never a more prophetic sage or, or uh, statement have I ever made. 10 points just might be enough to win it, and sure enough, it was, but it wasn't our 
10 points, it was theirs. And, uh, you know, you heard me talk about that decision with Eddie Pinero, uh, why we didn't kick the field goal there. Uh, I mean, we had three options there, and, and, and Nagy by far, in my opinion, chose the, the worst one. We, we, we had the – it was fourth and 10. Uh, a 51-yard field goal would mean we were at about the 33-yard line, right? So fourth and 10 means we got to get to the 23 uh, to get a first down to extend the drive. We could have gone for it there. We could go for the field goal, which would be a th- 33 plus the 8 yards and then 10 yards for the end zone. There's there's your 51. So we go for the field goal. Maybe we miss it, and then the Packers have the football at the 41. They go where the ball was kicked from. Okay, great. So then going for it on fourth down, if we don't get it, then it's first and 10 from the 33 or whatever. Or we punt the damn ball. And if if it's a touchback, it's at the 20. So defensively, I think that would have probably been the better option to pin them back because one thing that really changed after the field goal, and this actually kind of was Eddie Pinero's fault, was that it flipped field position. And here's why. When Eddie Pinero kicked the field goal, he nails it. Everybody's in love with him. On the ensuing kickoff, he kicks it out of bounds, which gave Green Bay the ball at the 40. And that kind of flipped field position. We went from being the team that's starting closer to the Green Bay 50 to starting deep in our own territory for basically the rest of the game. Now, that's not I'm not putting that all on Eddie Pinero. I'm just saying for the remainder of the first half, that's kind of what the story was. After we gave Green Bay that ball, the ball at the 40, like that they pretty much were on the plus side of field position for the rest of the night especially for the rest of the half the second half that's on that's on Mitch and the offense that you know trying to flip field position that that never happened in the second half we always had to go 75 to 80 yards uh to get a touchdown and you know stuff like we had to get three or four first downs to get into field goal range and things like that but you know, in in the third quarter, you know, we continue our dominance on defense. We're stifling Rodgers. We shut them down. They went scoreless again uh, in the third quarter. And it wasn't like one of those other frustrating Packer games where we just couldn't get them off the field. We we didn't really have any trouble getting Rodgers and company off the field. We were terrible on third third down. They weren't much better. They really weren't. Uh, you know, the defense was doing its job, and it just – that was what's so frustrating about it was watching the defense be out there essentially in midseason form. They are Super Bowl ready, this defense, with the way. I mean, we're just going off week one, which we'll talk about what week one means here in a minute. But if we're going off of week one, they are ready now to go to the Super Bowl. That, that is a championship-ready defense right now. God love Vic Fangio and what he helped build here in Chicago but we've got the horses. It wasn't just Vic. Pagano called a great game out there. Like I said, the only thing I questioned was his rotations because it just seemed the timing of it. Green Bay took advantage, and that was the one touchdown they scored on Thursday night was when he rotated some of our best players off the field. You know, And, hell, maybe they were rotating themselves out. Who knows? They're pros. They can do that kind of thing. But it just that's the, that's the one complaint I had about it. Otherwise, the defense is they are ready. They are 1,000% ready to go 
Offense, on the other hand, looks like it needs another preseason, another training camp, a dozen more film sessions or whatever to get whatever the fuck they did on Thursday night out of their system and get ready to go. It's like defense, you know, a buddy of mine talked about this on Thursday night after uh, the game. He was walking home from the sports bar. He called me up to see how I was doing. And it's like after the way the offense performed, there's no way that Nagy can sit there with a straight face and tell us they didn't need preseason game reps. The deep, cause he was, he was saying things like, uh, you know, in like all due respect to Mitch and we'll talk about Mitch here in a minute. Um, he's not the, he's not a, he's not good enough yet to be able to skip the preseason. Brady can skip the preseason breeze. Uh, you know, Roethlisberger can, you know, those top level guys, they don't need preseason. Those guys are also 10 to 15-year veterans of the league. They've played so many games, they don't need preseason. Hell, those guys barely need training camp. Mitch, on the other hand, he's a third-year quarterback, second year in a brand-new offense. He needs all the reps he can get, obviously. Okay, He needs to go out there and play in the preseason. The defense, on the other hand, the defense would be Brady and Breeze and Roethlisberger and, and Rivers in this situation they don't need preseason reps they're ready to go the defense is good they don't need to play in the preseason Mitch and the offense they do because there was so many things that they did on Thursday night that could have been worked out in a preseason game like the delay of game penalties you heard me talk about like the holding penalties from Leno and company uh on on Thursday night the, the way that they were like for, there was a third and one play I don't I th- maybe it was in the fourth quarter where we we with third and one we run the football with Cordero Patterson, and it turns out it wouldn't have mattered who it was because James Daniel completely missed his block on Kenny Clark who blew right past him to to tackle Cordero Patterson for about a three or four yard loss on the play, and uh, yeah stuff like that and he somehow managed to get called for a holding penalty when 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 uh, when uh, Clark blew right past him uh, just because he 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 got a he got a hold of his jersey as he was blowing past him. And, uh, yeah, so <laughs> it was so bad on offense, man. Holy shit. And, um, yeah, so it was just bad all around, uh, you know, on offense. And, and it just seemed like every decision we made, it didn't work. And every, every step that we took in the positive direction didn't work out. There were two plays from Taylor Gabriel in the third quarter that went against us. One was where he made an amazing catch, but uh, he got his left foot down and fell out of bounds before any any other part of his body could make contact with the field. That was a huge gain that was that was coming back. And then on the uh, on the drive where we went uh, we we strung uh, three ten yard penalties in a row to be stuck at first and forty. One of those ten yard penalties was offensive pass interference where Mitch did a uh, Eli Manning on the helmet catch play where he seemed to be in the grasp, he breaks away, he turns around, he resets, he fires one down the field uh, to Taylor Gabriel. And Gabriel was behind the defender who was completely turned around looking at the football. And uh, Gabriel puts his hands out to kind of give himself some space. And because of the extended arms, he gets called for offensive pass interference, nixing like a 50-plus yard gain on the play. So those were the breaks the Bears couldn't get last night there was a play in the fourth quarter same thing happened with Allen Robinson where the that rule that was changed about 10 years ago worked against 
the Bears. It used to be if you made a catch and had it not been for the defender shoving you out of bounds, you would have landed inbounds. They gave you the reception anyway. This time, it's a, it's encouraged for the defender to push you out of bounds so that you don't land inbounds. That used to be a rule because I remember very vividly in a Packer game, quite frankly, um, Greg Olson, his rookie year in 07. Don't ask me how I remember this shit. I just do. Uh, Jay throws him a, a – it wasn't Jay. It was 2007. So it was either probably Greasy or – yeah, probably Brian, Brian Greasy. Jesus Christ. Throws a pass to uh, Olsen. He catches it in the end zone and is shoved out of bounds before he can land in the end zone. And the referee comes over, gives a signal where he, sh- he shows the shove, throws his hands up, basically saying if he hadn't pushed him, he'd have scored. So he gave him the touchdown. That's not a rule anymore. That is not, or the rule is gone, I, I should say. If they shove you out of bounds and you don't land on the field, eh, it's incomplete. So that's the rule now. And if that old rule was still in existence, Allen Robinson makes a big catch, the Bears are inside the 10-yard line, we finally got a chance now. But instead, that rule not existing goes against us. Allen Robinson lands out of bounds on an amazing catch that he made, and instead we have to go back to where we were. Those are the breaks the Bears weren't getting. Uh, on Thursday night it just wasn't our night or so it seems to uh to be so anyway let's wrap this up with the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction and uh I'm not happy and I get even more angry the more I talk about it <laughs> knee-jerk reaction to the fourth quarter of the Bears and the Packers and it was pathetic on offense today there's no other way to put it the Packers played very very well they were a lot better on defense than I think most people including myself were giving them credit for being uh, coming into this game but the Bears didn't do anything didn't do anything to help themselves tonight in fact they hurt themselves just about every opportunity that they could have the next best drive of the game was the last one that the Bears had there finishing finally get the ball close to the into the red zone or near it Trubisky throws an interception in the back of the end zone to of all people Adrian Amos we couldn't run the ball we didn't run the ball Trubisky looked confused and disorganized out there it was just I don't know what the hell Nagy was doing with the play calls half the time. Like I said, the Packers were really good on defense last night or tonight. They weren't this good. They weren't so good that we would look this bad. I mean, it just just awful on offense. Just one mistake. Just all the penalties. You know, I kept waiting for Matt Nagy to pull his uh, pull his mask off to reveal Dole Loggins was calling calling the plays, or that we were we we've been transported back to 2016 with uh, John Fox and the 10 penalties that we committed against the uh, you know committed tonight. Just unbelievable what happened with this team. What a dud of a season uh, season opener uh, for the Bears. Defensively. We're outstanding. When your defense holds the opponent to 10 points, you should win every stinking game. But our offense didn't show up at all tonight. At all. And we lose 10 to 3. 10 to 3. Awful. Just awful. And there you have it. Those were the four quarter, four, four knee jerk reactions for week one. Uh, I seem to be getting more and more angry as the night goes along. You hear the optimism. And there was no reason not to be optimistic. It was 7-3 to three 
going into the fourth quarter, one drive completely changes this thing. One touchdown. And it you know, it changes everything. And it just it just didn't happen. It did not happen. Uh, you know, some of it was our own doing. Credit where credit is due. Um, Mike Pettin and the Packer defense were were also outstanding uh, on Thursday night. Uh, it seemed, um, I hate to make the comparison, but like w- watching one of the first games from the AAF in February, the defense was light years ahead of the offense in pretty much every game I watched those first two weekends uh, of that league where the, the, it just seemed like the defense was was you know far ahead in what they were able to do and the offense was still trying to get uh, – you know, getting to know each other and establishing their their ways and so on and so forth. That's what it looked like out there today or uh, last night, I should say, uh, on Thursday. The defenses they they were they were ready for Freddie. They were ready to get down. They knew what they were going to do. They knew where they needed to be, so on and so forth. The offense is still trying to figure it out. Even Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, they did enough to win, but they won't win many games if that's how they play the rest of the year. That's just all there is to it. And you know, week one. It's one of those anomaly kind of weeks. I know this personally from years and years of, of uh, like, I don't do fantasy football. I would always do pick em leagues, picking winners, confidence leagues, uh, that kind of thing. And week one is one of the toughest weeks to call of the year. It is one of those crazy weeks where none of the rules apply. It very seldom goes the way that you think it's going to go. And because the it's, it's an anomalous week because week two – can undo everything you saw week one like maybe we only scored three points we look like a bunch of fucking retards out there uh on offense but then we'll come there you know week two in denver against fangio who's supposed to know us better than anybody and put 45 up on the on the broncos it could happen that's how that's how much stock we should put into what happened thursday night be pissed be upset we absolutely deserve to be upset after that shit that they put on the field uh, uh, Thursday night it was pathetic and we waited eight months almost to the day for that are you kidding me but you know week two it could change all of that we could go on the road wearing the prettiest unis in football playing against our old defensive coordinator and run those guys off the field you know we, we could put 50 up on Fangio next week and we'll forget about week one and forget that it ever happened and and forget about the sting of losing that game with the whole world watching so Anyway, plenty more thoughts about this. I have a bunch of notes that I want to get to, but first, let's take a quick break. (coughs) Remember, guys, you can double your very first deposit with MyBookie with promo code CHAIR. Just go to MyBookie.ag and use the promo code CHAIR to get double your first deposit. You throw in 100, you get 200. Go in 1,000, you get two. You get another 1,000. You're playing with two. What What kind of dummy are you to not take advantage of something like that and um you know the uh, the offense last night was uh was awful it was awful in fact it was quite limp which is probably why our offense could use blue chew you're welcome guys remember the days when you were ready to go unlike our offense last night want to increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed unlike our offense last night well blue chew that's blue chew like the color or blue, like the color, bluechew.com, brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients Viagra as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works, unlike our offense. You can take these anytime, day or night, on a full or empty stomach, and since they are chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, 
so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises, unlike our offense. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. I could do it again. I don't think it would work this time. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through, unlike our offense. Blue Chew is prescribed <laughs> online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness, unlike our offense. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Yeah, that one doesn't work. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com, get your first shipment free, and when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR, just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code ARMCHAIR to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. So let's get to the rest of this and uh, get it over with. (laughs) I don't know. I think I am starting to have a little bit more fun with those, even though there was nothing fun about having to throw, unlike our offense at the end of it. It just worked. It just worked. So I just I needed a little sunshine with it. So there you go. So anyway, guys, uh, let's take a look at some of these notes before we get to bear up and bear down. And we do have plenty in both lists there let's see weird defensive rotations we already talked about that it's like all i cared about was the defense getting us the ball back so the offense give another shot um oh here's a good one not surprised the bears lost because it was green bay there was that was always a possibility just because it is green bay but i am stunned by how bad we looked on offense we waited eight months for that i said with a question mark credit to mike petton and the packer defense they were great last night frustrated slash pissed because we've been defending slash praising Mitch all offseason and his performance makes us that defended him look like assholes and that's 100% true because his performance last night was laughable and it only fuels the arguments that his haters and detractors have been making all season he was everything that they said he that they've been saying all offseason that he was that we've been saying all offseason he wasn't going to be because he's got the whole offseason he had you know chemistry with everybody they're playing with all the same guys again except for like Montgomery and Davis uh and such Cordero Patterson you know but like the core guys everybody's back uh everybody's healthy we're all ready to go you know we're running the system instead of learning the system he's not going to look like that anymore or we had faith that he wouldn't fucking hell if he did man and and nothing feels worse than telling someone that something isn't a certain way like mitch is not a bum he's not a bust he's not worse than mahomes or watson he's as good as mahomes or watson or at least that's what we wanted to believe and nothing hurts worse than for that person that says no that's not right for them to be right and emphatically so i mean i know that it's week one we got a lot of football left to be played mitch has a lot of time to make up for the way that he performed uh last night but jesus christ man we got 10 days of having to swallow one bag of shit after another because of the way that he played on thursday night and granted it may not be all his fault matt Nagy would want us to believe that by saying that he didn't help him with the play calling uh and and whatnot on on thursday night but jesus christ man it's just 
Uh, it is going to take an enormous amount of consistency from Mitch to turn his detractors now. They're always going to go back to, well, you know, after that all offseason week one against Green Bay, look at what he was. He was worse than he was before. And it's true. It absolutely is true for this one game sample size in 2019. It's like none of the progress that Mitch made in 2018 stuck. That's what it looks like now. So and it's just it's it's going to be a tough week. It's going to be a tough 10 days to be a Mitch Trubisky supporter, even amongst Bear fans. For Christ's sake, there are people out there calling for us for for Pace to start looking at quarterbacks in 2020, and it's going to be difficult to convince them otherwise. It's like we are in a window right now, and the only positive thing about the way Mitch Trubisky performed on Thursday night is that it might help solve our future salary cap problems because there's no fucking way that there's a Bear fan on the planet that would support Ryan Pace giving Mitch $30 million a year to be our quarterback of the future if he keeps playing like that. So we might be able to afford Eddie Jackson and Tariq Cohen along with the big contracts with Akeem Hicks and uh, Khalil Mack and, and, and all of those guys when we don't have to pay Mitch $30 million a season and we end up drafting ourselves a quarterback in 2020 or 2021. So, you know, that, but, and I mean, it's, it's a dark positive note, but it's, that's the only positive I see in, in Mitch's performance uh, on Thursday night. So, um, you know, it's like Mitch wasn't all bad. He, it was another microcosm of his year of, of 2018 where he, he looked bad and inept in some moments, and then he looked fantastic in others. That Eli Manning breaking the pocket, breaking tackles, getting away, resetting, finding the receiver downfield, making the completion, even though it was negated by penalties. But there were plenty of those moments, or not plenty. There were those moments. We saw the flashes again. But when he was bad, he was really bad. Uh, on Thursday night, you know, it just it was bad. His performance made made me feel like we were starting all over with him again. You know, not in terms of of it being a new season, but with him regressing and having to start from scratch and and trying to build him back up again. This is not a frail character kind of guy. He's not somebody that you know that falls within himself when things aren't going great. But I honestly do feel like we're starting over with him. Uh, again because th- there was no show of progress uh, on Thursday night none we there was it was like dude did did we forget everything you know did somebody come in with one of those men in black flashy thingies and you know flash out his memory to where he's you know a year ago at this time where he that that's what he knows about the offense and, and not what he knows about it now uh, kind of thing so I mean that's what was increasingly frustrating uh, uh, to me you know, Matt Nagy was is, was extremely frustrating, equally frustrating. The third one call to Cordell Patterson felt like one of those moments where he had to prove. It was like uh, for, for, for a few Cup fans out there, you know, Joe Madden likes to make these moves uh, every now and then, whether it be, a, you know, a pitching change or, a, a, you know, a pinch runner or whatever, that where he just has to show he's the smartest guy in the room. And I felt like the Cordell Patterson call on third and one, the fourth and ten going for it. Actually, that, that one felt a little bit more different. But, you know, running the ball with Cordero Patterson where we were putting ourselves in a position to try to make the defense think that we weren't going to do it, and then we did. Because you think you put Patterson back there, and, yeah, he's, he ran the ball when he was in my, uh, Miami, Minnesota. Uh, he ran the ball when he was with the Patriots. But maybe what we're going to do is maybe a play-action thing. We'll bat, you know, we'll fake the handoff to Patterson, and then we'll hit Shaheen for a two-yard gain and move the chains. Because it was third and one 
uh, for Christ's sake. But that's not what happened at all. We did hand off to Cordero Patterson, and we lose the yardage because Kenny Clark was a thousand times better than James Daniel uh, on that play. So, you know, and it, it seemed at times Nagy was trying to outsmart Petten when he just should have been trying to put the best put the offense in the best position to succeed rather than trying to catch the Green Bay Packers defense with their pants down just call your best play and let the offense run it don't don't try to open it up to a point where there's a guy sitting wide open in a pocket Green Bay was too good for that on Thursday night just put us in the best position to succeed whether it's you know getting more getting more runs to David Montgomery and Mike Davis who did actually kind of run the ball pretty well when they were given the out we ran the ball 12 fucking times on Thursday night can you believe that shit 12 times who are we the Packers uh, the fucking Patriots we, we don't run the ball 12 times it's, we run the 12 times in the first half that's what we do we Jesus Christ anyway you know it, it just seems at times that he was trying to outsmart Petney he, he shouldn't be he's not he shouldn't have to try to prove he's the smartest guy in the room just the best guy put us in the best position to succeed let the offense run the offense and see what happens I like my chances better there than trying to pull a rabbit out of your hat you know save that stuff for the goal line that's where it's fun and sometimes necessary because there's only so many things you can do in that section of the field when you're in the middle of the field like that just run the offense dude just run the offense so and then like i talked earlier about luck being not being on our side the taylor gabriel pass interference call taylor gabriel falling out of bounds before he can get a second foot down or a butt cheek on the ground or or whatever the same thing with Allen robinson and the defender pushing him out of bounds and that that rule not being in existence anymore obviously that worked against us and stuff <sighs> that sucked and um yeah uh david montgomery honestly looks like a superstar waiting to happen he really does i know it's another small sample size uh but uh, you know just like it was for the week one carolina preseason game he touched the ball six times for 46 yards but the impact that those touches had you'd think that he carried the ball 30 times for 150 uh, uh kind of thing it's just like that he just seems to to pop off the page at you whenever he's on the field he had like a four yard run where he broke three tackles spun dove and got the first down uh kind of thing that 27 yard catch down the seam if if mitch actually puts a little bit of a better throw uh and catches him in stride who knows what happens on that play he's out there in the open field he was wide open too so uh, imagine what could have happened uh there so week two on offense a run the ball b give the fucking ball to montgomery for christ's sake help us out here and as i said before the defense was outstanding five sacks on rogers 47 yards rushing and 10 points allowed that is supposed to be a recipe for victory every fucking time every fucking time that's supposed to be a victory the only thing that we failed to do on defense was get a turnover we got close once uh rogers was scrambling uh we stripped him uh rod um uh, haha clinton Dix came up from behind punched the ball out of his hand and uh unfortunately in in all of the the fracas it actually it rolled right back into rogers who re recovered it the play ended up coming back because of a penalty on the packers but that would have been huge for us to to come away with the turnover uh on that play that was the only thing the defense didn't do on thursday night was generate a turnover uh and um you know the defense is the only reason that we can still hope for a successful season at this point 
because they're going to keep us in every game. All we need is the offense to do X amount to be able to get us victories. But this is a team that's built around its offense. We just happen to have these horses on defense. Pace has been building this offense around Matt Nagy, and that's that's what they gave us on Thursday night. Meanwhile, Akeem Hicks, Leonard Floyd, who was also outstanding on Thursday night, had two sacks, and a third one was actually taken away uh, by a penalty. And, you know, I don't know what it is about. We need to play the Packers 16 times a year as far as Leonard Floyd is concerned. He's got seven sacks in like five games uh, against Green Bay or whatever it is. Ridiculous what this guy does when the green and gold are on the other side of the field from him. But, uh, you know, it just they're going to keep us in football games and the offense. It's going to be like last year. Sometimes they're going to score 30. Sometimes they're going to score 17. And it's up to the defense to make sure that our opponents score less than what we were able to put on the board. Or... In the in the in the emphasis of like uh, Buffalo or uh, you know uh, the, the the Vikings uh, Sunday night game, just put your own points. Eddie, Eddie Jackson touchdown interception. There's your uh, there's the difference in the game uh, right there. So yeah, the defense is going to have to start point, start scoring the points on its own, and uh, or or the offense is going to have to figure it out. Hopefully both of those things can happen. And then the last one was 45 pass attempts versus 12 rush attempts in a one score game is unforgivable and I think that's a fantastic word <laughs> for what for what I consider that to be 45 pass attempts versus 12 rushing attempts in a one point on a war score one score game it was a one score game the entire game when it was three to nothing when it was seven to three when it was ten to three one score one it was a one score game for all 60 minutes all 60 minutes and you would think that the way that we were running the offense with the play calls and so on and so forth, that we were down by 20 points. We were down three touchdowns and had no choice but to throw the ball to try to catch up and close the gap. That's not the offense we were running. We, weren't, we were throwing the football like we had five minutes to score three touchdowns when we had three quarters to score one. And it just – we did the opposite of what we should have been doing all night long. Uh, on offense and I, I i cannot wait i cannot wait for week two to see what their answer is going to be uh, because if we come out and lay another dud granted we're playing another outstanding defense or what many people believe will be another great defense in denver we're playing denver in denver and something about the broncos good or bad they don't lose many football games in mile high in september i don't know what it is about them but it's an uphill climb we have a lot to answer for uh, look forward to talking to Lati- uh, Lori Lattimore-Volkman uh, about it to, to get ready for that game and, and see what she thinks. Uh, the Raiders, uh, not the, yeah, the Raiders played the Broncos on uh, Monday night, I believe, so we still got to wait another day or two to find out what their record is going to be coming into this thing. And uh, how about this Antonio Brown thing? I wonder what's going to happen there. He's, he's apologized to the team. Gruden says he's going to play on Monday. I don't. Know. I don't think we're done with this yet. We'll we'll have to see uh, what happens there. So, uh, anyway, ten to three was the score, guys. It's only week one, so don't give up. I still believe in Mitch. I know I have not said a word that would make you believe that this entire show. I'm just pissed off, like everybody else is. I'm fucking pissed that we waited eight months to for this offense to answer for what they did against. Philadelphia only for them to be worse than they were again we didn't play that bad on offense all year last year 
You know, we didn't play that bad on offense all year last year. And, you know, if we're going to throw the ball 45 times and only run it 12, what the fuck did we trade Jordan Howard for? You know, just leave Jordan Howard in there. What the hell? So, uh, anyway, I don't want Jordan Howard back. I'm just saying, like, we made the moves to go out and get a David Montgomery. We traded away Jordan Howard to, to because Montgomery and Davis can do the things that Jordan Howard couldn't do, and then we didn't do any of it. We didn't do any of it. So, if we were just going to keep doing that, then just leave Jordan Howard in there. What the fuck is – what's the difference, you know? But uh, I do still believe in Mitch. I believe he can turn this around. I, I put a lot of this on – rust and not playing at all in the preseason you know we did play some snaps or quarter or two last year in the preseason maybe we need to do that again next year you know and like i said the defense doesn't have to do shit they can stand around in street clothes and and watch the game on the sidelines and and wait for week one the offense needs all the practice it can get because the way that they performed it looked like it was all new to them on thursday and that's inexcusable so yeah next preseason Put the offense out there, maybe for the first game, maybe for a quarter or two in the second one, and then sit them down. They've got their game reps. They got their jitters out, whatever the hell you want to call it, and then they can get ready for week one. But, you know, there, there's not, there's no way anybody who's a Bears fan could be convinced that this wasn't because of lack of preparation or, 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 or just game situation reps. I don't give a shit how hard you're going in practice and everything. Khalil Mack is not going to hit Trubisky the way that he got hit in the mon- in the Thursday night game last night. That's not going to happen, okay? It, you can be simulating it, but it's not the real thing. It's not the real thing. You're probably not tackling as hard as you would just because you don't want to hurt somebody and, and, and all the rest of that stuff. It's not the same. It's not. So pros or not, they, they need the practice. They absolutely do. So anyway, that is going to do it for the review of the Thursday night debacle against the Green Bay Packers. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up with the first one of 2019. It's everybody's favorite segment, Bear Up, Bear Down. Bear Up and Bear Down for week one of 2019 was kind of hoping that we'd be overloaded with bear up guys on this list and even though if you were to look at the list you would see more names under bear up than bear down but under bear down i've got a group of people lumped together so there are actually more people on the bear down list than bear up so anyway let's get to it bear up alan robinson are basically our one and only bright spot on the offensive side seven catches 102 yards Obviously, no touchdowns. Uh, David Montgomery is kind of an honorary bear up. Not his fault that he didn't get a chance to carry the football more or get in his hands more. So he played well, but uh, doesn't make the list this time around. Uh, Bear up, Leonard Floyd, two sacks. One where he absolutely bull rushed David Bakhtiari. That was a, a very impressive thing to see him, to use strength and power to bull rush Bakhtiari into Aaron Rodgers and and make the sack you know his his uh position coach has been saying that Leonard Floyd could be better or is more talented than uh than Khalil Mack (laughs) if if that's what Leonard Floyd is going to do for us this year that could be true he might actually be able to take advantage of some of the double teams that uh Khalil Mack is going to draw 
and get him on some one-on-one situations where they're going to have to keep backs in and tight ends to chip both Mac and Floyd, which would actually open things up in the middle for Hicks and Goldman. And uh, uh, another guy who made the list, Roy Robertson Harris, another strong performance uh, from him way to kick off 2019. This is a guy, I believe it's a contract year for him as well. So he's trying to get himself paid, played like a beast uh, on Thursday night. Uh, and then bear up to the maestro himself, Chuck Pagano, an outstanding game. Like, I'm still kind of iffy on what those defensive rotations uh, were about. But uh, nonetheless, Vic Fangio who? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's the defense, like, the, when you've got that much talent, you just need a guy that's, okay, go ahead and do this. It doesn't have to be a genius move or anything like that. Pagano will still have his moments to prove that he is a technician as far as calling uh, defenses and whatnot. But as long as he's putting the right people on the field, this defense is going to succeed. And I think he did an outstanding job for his first time out in a real football game uh, with our uh, with our defense. And then finally, bear up, Eddie Pinero. You had one kick to make, and you made it. And um, you know, hopefully, hopefully in the future, uh, you you can be one of those guys that has carte blanche, like an Adam Vinatieri or a Justin Tucker. And what I mean is. If it's fourth down and the coaches are still trying to figure out what they want to do, Justin Tucker, Adam Vinatieri, they'll jog onto the field. Like, fuck it, we're kicking. We're kicking the field goal. We're going to go out there. And then the coach is like, oh, he wants to kick it. Let him kick it. You know, let's take the points. He thinks he can make it. Go out there and do it. Instead, Nagy and, and Chris Tabor, our special teams coordinator, are basically putting a governor on our kicker, telling him, like, if it's, if it's certain, if it's this long, then we're not going to kick it. We're going to go for it or we're going to punt it. And apparently that number was somewhere between 46 and 51 because Nagy says if they hadn't had the delay of game penalty and it was a 46-yard field goal, he would have he would have let Panero kick it. But apparently 51 was just too long and he wasn't going to do it, and that's where the whole fourth and ten going for it thing came from. But you can't do that. You can't set limits to where he's at. You got to ask him where he feels comfortable. And I feel like it's Nagy and Tabor that are that are choosing. Where, where Panero's line is as opposed to letting Panero tell them where it is. He's the one that's got to go out there and kick the fucking thing. Let him tell you what he feels comfortable doing. If you do, what, if you do it that way, I feel like you're restricting him and maybe even fucking with his confidence too. Like, well, they think I can't kick it past 40-something yards, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe I can't. But I, I was reading on Twitter, I believe, um, David Hoff or, or, or Huff or however you pronounce his name, or, um, the guy from the Sun-Times – said that uh he saw Panero kicking him from like 50 plus in in warm-ups so why are we getting all getting our panties in a twist over between 46 and 51 I, I don't understand but he had one kick to make and he made it good for him and getting off on on the right foot and uh you know for regular season real football uh Panero's one for one and he didn't miss the kick and and none of that so now we go to bear down. And where it is on offense, we only had one person that earned a bear up. On defense, we had one person to earn a bear down, and that would be Deion Bush. Uh, what I feel like he was either late or out of position on the big 47-plus-yard uh, reception that set up the scoring drive for Green Bay in the second quarter. And uh, he also got out-rebounded, essentially, uh, by Jimmy Graham in the end zone for the one-touchdown in the football game those plays were yours to make and you didn't make them so you're on the bear down list uh bear down to our offensive line most specifically james daniels uh kenny clark is a stud 
Uh, but you made him look like he was fucking Reggie White out there, man. It was really bad at points. Uh, getting getting called for a holding penalty when he blows right past you. Uh, I'm not sure how that's possible, but uh, you did enough to make it look like it, and that's why the referee threw the flag. So, uh, granted, it was your first official game at center, and you've got some improving to do. You're still a young guy, but uh, oof, got to do better. And then the offensive line at times uh, was contributing to to Mitch and his ineptitude uh, by you know letting the pocket collapse around him again. Credit where credit's due with the Green Bay defense, but Jesus Christ, guys. We are better than that. That's and it was more. It looked like it was more the interior than the tackles that were giving up those troubles. That's what was the most frustrating part. It's like from white hair to long, white hair Daniels long. That's supposed to be the strength uh, of this offensive line, and we're worried about the tackles. And Thursday night was the other way around, which is troubling to think about. Uh, bear down, obviously, Mitch Trubisky. That's yeah, you're better than that, bro. And I believe that. I honestly do believe he's way better than he played on Thursday night. Uh, I'm I'm not giving up on you, Mitch. I do believe on you. I believe in you, but you were shit on Thursday, and even you know that. And then Matt Nagy is the final bear down. Yeah, you were shit too. I, I love Matt Nagy. I, I I'll, I'll ride with Matt Nagy. Uh, I was praising Matt Nagy before the game because he showed up in the stadium dressed like Papa Bear, fedora and all, on Thursday. And the caption I posted on Twitter and on Facebook was Matt Nagy gets it, and and that's what you get. That's what you feel. Anytime you hear him talk, anytime you see him with the players, with those things like that, first play of his uh, Chicago Bear career Sunday night against Green Bay last year, that he runs a play in the T formation, that's a guy who gets it. He gets who he is and, and where he's coaching and all the rest of that stuff. For him to come in starting season 100 wearing a Papa Bear Hallis uh, getup, essentially, with the fedora and all that kind of stuff is somebody who gets where it is, how important this stuff is to uh, to the fan base and, and to the organization and things like that. I love Matt Nagy, and they're, everyone who made the bear down list is better than what they showed on Thursday night, and I'm not giving up on any of them, especially Nagy, especially Mitch Trubisky. We got to ride with him all the way to the death on this one. So, you know, like I said, I believe in these guys 100%. But uh, I also believe and know they were garbage on Thursday night and we deserve better than what we as fans were subjected to uh, in that football game. So there you have it, guys. That's the week one review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. I know that some of you enjoyed the explicit thing. Maybe this will kind of be for anyone out there who listens to podcasts on the regular like I do. Uh, For a while there, Steve Austin had the Steve Austin show. And then he had the Steve Austin Unleashed show, which is the one where he could say all the pretty words, you know, that uh, George Carlin made famous back in the 70s, uh, the seven dirty words and, and whatnot. But um, maybe that's what I'll, maybe the, the one where I have guests is the one where I'm professional and I speak kindly and I use pretty language. And then the review episode, especially if we lose, is where all the fucks and shits and things like that come from. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I just knew that I wasn't going to be able to hold back talking about this game because you know here we are 24 hours removed almost from the end of the game at this point it's uh 9 30 on friday night right now and uh yeah i'm still fucking pissed i'm <laughs> it's gonna take and a 10 10 days we gotta wait and and not only that it's a three o'clock game on sunday so we gotta wait what past watching 
the early games to get to this one and, and finally see if the Bears are going to give us something to to cheer about and be optimistic about looking going forward. So anyway, come back on uh, Thursday. So it's going to be a little while. Uh, the the episode will drop Thursday morning, or at least that's the plan uh, right now. Uh, looks like Lori and I are going to get together Wednesday night to talk, so the show will be out on Thursday morning. And then uh, then we'll probably be on a regular schedule pretty much for the rest of the year until that uh, Thursday night or Thursday, to those back-to-back Thursday games, Thanksgiving against the Lions, Thursday night against the Cowboys. We'll have to figure out something different with the schedule at that point. But going forward, the regular schedule is the the, the preview episodes will drop on thursday or friday depending on when i can get my guests on the show and i will always keep you guys up to that make sure you're always following me on twitter at btu underscore larry or on the facebook page just search bears talk underground and join the page uh join the group on facebook i'll always keep you guys up to speed on what's going on but the plan is have my guests on wednesday night drop the show thursday morning and then the review episodes uh depending on when the bears play will either drop on Tuesday or, yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, they'll drop on Tuesday. So even when the Bears play that Monday night game, I think I'm going to do a knee-jerk reaction type show and just bang it out after the game is over. When we play the Redskins week three, it's the only Monday night game we play all year, so I'm not going to let that fuck with my schedule. So I'll just, uh, you know, drink some uh, Red Bull or something to help me power through uh, the show after the game and get it done, and then uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh Nonetheless, just stay on tune with the social media at BTU underscore Larry and uh, the Facebook page Bears Talk Underground, the Facebook group. Go ahead and join and be a part of the discussion. So come back on Thursday. Myself and Lori Latimer Volkman to preview week two between the Bears and the Broncos. And until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been the Bears Talk Underground.